Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good or Straight. Ah, I messed it up. It's last name Good or the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. Look, I even mess up my own name, so I don't feel bad when other people mess up my name. It's a name change. I've had the name for so long. If you call me Jay Good, I will respond, but it is last name Good or the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. So, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, you guys heard me talk about on the podcast. Um, a conversation that I was planning to have with the homie Abib Jalil, right? And so he posed a question. I had a free open week, and I just put in the group text like, hey, anybody had any ideas for a podcast this weekend? And, you know, I kind of left it there. And he brought up some good points. And I want to hold on. Let me go to the text. I want to make sure that I'm saying the exact same thing that he texted because it was it was a dope question. So uh, Bib texts, uh, how about how music consumption has changed over the years in parallel to the changes in society and technology. Now, when I heard that, I was just like, man, that's a lot for me to process right now. I think it'll be a dope conversation, but I have to really think about it. And, um, you know, had a couple of weeks to uh, really digest the information. And I was really particularly interested in the second half of like, you know, in parallels to the changes in society and technology, because we know all of those things have changed over the years. And when the technology changes, so does the way that we consume and the way that it's delivered. And inevitably, it changed the whole music business in, in a sense. Right. So uh, welcome a bit Jalil to the Straight Out the Damn podcast. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So thank you for coming through. Uh, this is the first time at the new spot. So uh, make yourself home. Yeah, um, it's, it's looking lovely in here for sure. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, God is good. God is good. So um, we're going to start right here at the beginning. man. First off, I want to know, like, what made you think about this as a topic, number one? Because it's kind of something that not not necessarily people have talked about it like i, I don't want to make people think this is a brand new topic there has been some dialogue but I'm, I'm more so interested on like where did the the idea uh of this message come from in your thought process well for me this is something that um i think about a lot you know i think about it constantly I, actually um i'm definitely uh what i consider a, a low-key nerd um, I play a lot of video games. You know, I, I keep up with technology. I've always been been into technology since a young age. Um, and I've also obviously always been into hip-hop um, and music in general. And, you know, thinking back on my life, um, how technology has moved and grown and evolved so rapidly, I can also pinpoint certain, you know, places in my life where music consumption has also kind of did the same thing almost okay. at the same time. Um, and you know that that's one of the things, like I said, I, I always think about because it's happening now. Um, in the near future, a lot of things are going to change, and, and it's happened before. You know, so that's kind of how it came to me. So you know, I'm thinking, okay, we can kind of start with it, right? As far as the genesis of, of the music, and I don't want to go too far back. Our, our listener base, some of them will get it, but I, I want to kind of keep it as general as possible, right? So um, we're not going to get into. Well, I guess we can. So. As early as I can remember, personally, vinyl was like the first thing. I'm sure it was something before that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but vinyl, we'll start at vinyl, right? So vinyl was a, a piece of technology, is a piece of technology, even though I know it's coming back and more people are getting involved in vinyl and wanting to use that medium um, for, for their music consumption. But vinyl in particular, 
you have have this disc, uh, quote unquote. Uh, you you play it, it, it. It's a warm feel on just about any piece of vinyl that you play. And for a long time, I know they they felt that, oh man, this is as good as it's gonna get. Yeah. You know, this is it. I mean, but you know, looking back on it, of course, there was some, there were some flawed things with with having vinyl. So. I don't know if you, you're familiar with like cost of goods sold and, and all of this stuff, right? So in the music business model, whenever people signed a contract, mm. they had to deal with the cost of goods sold. Basically saying like, we're going to ship, and we're going to use these regular numbers to make it easy to understand the equation. We're going to ship a million records, right? A million vinyl records. We're going to ship a million vinyl records. However, we know that Shipping a million records, we're probably going to have some stock that's going to die. You know, some right. something's going to get lost. Something's exactly. going to break. So you had to, you know, you had to factor all of that in. So even though they shipped a, th- a million, they probably only accounted for nine hundred thousand, whatever the case may be, ninety right. percent of it, right? So you give ten percent away for damage and, and all of that stuff. But all of this stuff was in a contract. This yeah. was in your music deal contract uh, along with some other bs that you probably didn't read you were just happy to sign and get your check for 10 grand or whatever wow this is this is news to me i actually didn't notice yeah so all of this is this but here's the thing though that model didn't change when it went to cds Hmm. right and cds is a more well it didn't change when it went to tapes same same thing as like you know when we shipped this the heat or whatever might get to the CD, the tapes. So, you know, stuff is going to be flawed. Right. You know, um, and it didn't change when it went to CDs and so on and so forth. We're in the digital space now and you look at some contracts and it costs a good soul is still in there. You know, right. it, it's something that's that's there that not saying that it is not needed, but you get where I'm going. It's kind of like. Yeah, it's, di- it's different times now. Different um, times. Different for times. Sure. So I say all that to say. At some point in time, maybe our parents, they didn't, you know, they didn't think that it was going to get any better for vinyl, you know. I mean, and they we, we skipped over A-Track, but. I think, you know, my view on vinyl, um, vinyl to me was, was, I feel like it was the pinnacle of, of um, I guess now we'll call it compression or we call it, you know, quality. You know, back mm-hmm. then vinyl was very, very high quality. Right. But the thing about it was, you know, not everybody couldn't necessarily afford it, number one, and it was kind of limited in scope. So, you know, in the late 70s when, when Sony came out with the Walkman and tape kind of became the big thing, you know, tape was there at the genesis of hip-hop. You know, mm-hmm. people were taping Grandmaster Flash shows and all these things before anything was mainstream, before hip-hop was mainstreaming on the radio. Um, and that's one of the reasons why tape blew up because tape, in a way, the compression for tape, it wasn't really... The quality wasn't as great as vinyl. I mean, right, right. I mean, even till today, vinyl is is the pinnacle, right? But with tape, it was it was easily accessible. You could record over it. So if you're a young kid and you're listening to the radio, you're listening to these legendary moments that you will never be able to get back. Now you actually have a medium where you can record some of those moments and and put those on tape and listen back. You didn't necessarily have to, (laughs) you know, go out and buy a CD. You could just, you know, record the song off of the radio and you got it for good. So, you know, I think that had a lot of influence um, on hip hop and, and how it spread, you know, bootlegs were kind of a thing because of tapes. 
Right, um, right. You couldn't you couldn't bring a vinyl somewhere and, and, and record it, you know what I mean, at a show or at a you know, off a radio or anything like that. So like I said, you know, I think, you know, vinyl I feel like the reason people moved on from it was because of those limitations. Right. I I, I can see that. I can definitely see that and you know, it wasn't it definitely wasn't portable by no means. Exactly. Um it, it was kinda but in the same sense though, with it not being portable I don't know how often we were thinking about listening to music. Listening to music on the go wasn't a thing, I guess. You know, yeah. back then it was kind of like you listen at home, you listen at the clubs, and you turn on the radio. So whatever came on, came on. There wasn't a, a, a thought of having the option to listen to what I want to listen to right. on the go, right? And so that happened with, of course, tapes. And just the portable technology and having the portable technology that kind of changed and shift culture. You, you spoke of the uh, 70s when the Walkman and, and Sony and, and that was created and it became a real thing. Like I can walk around and listen to what I want to listen to. And I can't help but think about the first time that I had a portable um, oh. tape player. Um, I don't even remember what kind of brand it was. And truth be told, the first thing that I had to listen to music was it was a record player and a tape combo. And my parents got yeah, my parents got it for me for Christmas one year. And I had a JJ Fat uh, forty five, which I still have in it's in there one of those. And um, that was like one of the first vinyls that I had. And I had this thing that you know had tapes on it, and I learned how you know make a dub, pause tape, and play what was on the radio and put in the, the piece of paper in, inside of the the tape to, yeah. you know, make it, you know, I, I had all of that, right? And so I used to make these tapes and I finally got a Walkman that I would use these tapes and walk around and, and listen to. And it just meant the world because I was able to, truth be told, we were making our own playlist. Yeah. And you know what? I wanted to say too, man, like... N- listening to you talk and then you know i i watched the show called the get down and mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah um, everybody watched that, that right yeah, yeah. and of course it made me do a lot of um you know research whenever i get in this uh, a piece of pop culture man i always gotta do research on it not that i didn't know the information before but that's just how i am i get engulfed mm-hmm. in things and i research and um you know listening to grandmaster flash talk about how he you know how he used to um get the break break beat to right, loop right you know right. how he used to use certain methods um that was very, very intricate, especially for the time, um, time consuming, and you had to be disciplined in doing the things you do. It made me realize, man, that, um, <laughs> you know, like hip hop was started, you know, full of nerds, man. You know what I mean? Like, right, you right. really had to be into, even though it was music equipment, you had to be into technology of some form, you know? And so, That's even true. though, you know, these are kids in the ghetto, they might not realize it, but, man, these are some, some innovative things that, children in the ghetto were, were pioneering that later are now standard really right you know what i'm saying right. like you can buy you, you know i'm looking at the serato pioneer dj thing you got over here like you know that it wasn't like that in the 70s that, that's right. something that we pioneered that they now package and sell to the consumer no pun intended so that's yeah, that's why you did that <laughs> I, I so you know i'm just listening to you speak man it's crazy because i didn't even think of that angle man but yeah right it, but even like watching the get down and seeing that because like you said you, you hear these stories but but then to put it in this type of form, it it was kind of helpful to see because I wasn't around for, you know, back then. I, I heard about it, 
and you know I just didn't I didn't see it as much as you know seeing a show like to get down and you're able to see like them finding the breaks and you know doing a a, a house party or you know come out on the street and like everybody yeah. just having a good time. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, um, but yeah, you know, like I said, when when Sony came out with the Walkman, you know, music became more portable. People mm-hmm. had music in their cars, you know. Um, and it, it kind of became a staple in hip hop because you know in the early '80s, you know, people had their boom boxes and it was you know blasting the tapes out. Right. Like, that was a thing. You know what I'm saying? And and so here's this big piece of technology on your shoulder. You know that at that that you you're, you're brandishing um, as you 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 know being a part of this new culture. You know? Right. Um, and so you know hip hop and technology has always had a close relationship. I think people may just not have realized it. You know back in them times. And um, you know tape. Tape was definitely the first big thing that changed the industry and that changed a lot of things um, during those times in the 80s. And that's when technology really started to kind of accelerate, if you think about it. You know, there was it was a lot of experimental technology in the 80s, um, you know, going from the whole Betamax versus VHS thing. That was a big thing. Right. Um, but also, as far as music is concerned, a big thing that was talked about back then is video killing the radio star right so that was kind of a thing so break break that down video taking over the the radio star right right and so you know back in the 70s and the 60s and you know even before that you know you could you can release a signal single excuse me and and not have to even show your face not really have to worry about your image um or if you did have an image it wasn't really something that people noticed because you, you know, you we didn't have a 24-hour entertainment cycle, right. right? You know what I'm saying? Entertainment the, Weekly wasn't a thing. The music truly spoke for itself. Exactly. And so that's why, you know, they, they termed that the whole radio star thing. But once MTV kind of came on the, on the scene and a lot of these other cable networks, um, you know, trying to emulate that, you know, you had people making music videos or, or just having live performances and putting those on TV. And so... That kind of became a big thing. Now you needed to have you you needed an image. You needed to look like somebody or something. And you know, a lot of these performers who were able to transcend, um, you know, people like Kiss and and who had all the paint on their face and stuff like that. You know, people that had, you know, a, a, an image at that time were able to to transcend. And the people that didn't, that literally just went in the basement and made music, some of them kind of fell, you know, to the to the to the side. I was gonna ask, do you think that tainted? Uh, do you do you think that that's the beginning of where music was starting to be become tainted? Um, I don't even want to use the word tainted. I say definitely it was evolving back then for sure. It was evolving, and and if you notice too, as far as the parallels with hip hop, hip hop was finding itself because back then you wasn't even taken serious if you wasn't wearing the flashy joints like the mm-hmm. you know the, the the Furious Five and all them, Millie Mel and. Um, people that will come out with, the cr- I mean, just crazy fishnet, all type of craziness going on, right? Um, and Run DMC kind of kind of came and, and smashed all of that, and they was yeah. just wearing the regular with what the street kids used to wear, you know what I mean? And so that that kind of was a thing um, during that time. And then you know, of course, all the flashiness fell to the wayside, and everybody tried to look like Run or look like what they usually look like, which is just the regular street kids. So it was it was an interesting time for hip hop. It was an interesting time for music. It changed a lot, man. The advent of music videos, tape, it changed. It was changing everything. Changing everything, man. I, I specifically remember, um, like, CDs. I remember, well, let me hold, hold on. I don't remember 
It's crazy because now that you, I'm, I'm thinking about, it, I really don't remember the transition periods between all of the technologies. Mm-hmm. I re- I know that they happen, right? But I can't tell you, I can't timestamp and say, I remember when I stopped buying tapes and started buying CDs. Well, I can, I can, I'll say, and this is uh, educated guess. I would say that a lot of that started to happen during the early '90s. Right, right. Um, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know. During the early 90s, there was a big push with a lot of the big um, companies uh, at that time for CD-ROM. Anything to do with CD-ROM, they wanted a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to get real, like, video No, 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 no. <laughs> But, like, for instance, uh, Super Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. The Nintendo had the Super Nintendo at the time, 91, 92, was a big thing. They actually wanted to partner up with Sony to, to do a CD-ROM play. And so what they had was the Nintendo PlayStation, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people don't know. So Sony was with Nintendo. They got into a little tiff. They disagreed on some things. And so Sony went on it, made the, the PlayStation, which came out in 1994, had a CD-ROM player, boom, 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 right? You had the 3DO coming out. You had all these different game systems, but you also had um, Sony making a big push themselves with mm-hmm. CD-ROMs on, on boom boxes, on little CD players, portable CD players, all of those things. So as that was happening, music, obviously, were also taking Good notice shit. to this new medium. You can hold a lot more data on it. The, the, the music is higher quality than tape. You know what I'm saying? Not quite as vinyl, but it was it was high mm-hmm. quality. And so they, of course, did the same thing. They were making that same play during the early 90s to kind of get all of their music on CDs. Do you remember the first CD you got? Uh, Man, that's a good question. <laughs> um, the first CD I got was probably, I want to say it was a Slim Shady LP. Mm. And the reason being I can remember that one specifically is because it had a crazy holographic pill on the front. Mm. And it was the craziest artwork. I'll never forget it. My first two CDs, I might be dating myself a little bit, but I, I, I got these for Christmas. It was two CDs, and I got a boombox at the same time. It was the Dangerous Mind soundtrack mm. and Bone Thugs and Harmony East 1999 Eternal. So this was right, 95, maybe... Maybe Christmas of 95 going into 96 or 96 going into 97. Somewhere around that time. I can't remember. I'm sure I can look it up and fact check, but those were my first two CDs that I got. Mm. And I just remember playing those things at high volumes in my brand new boom box. Uh, Looking back on it was a trash (laughs) boom box, but you couldn't, you know, I didn't know it was. Right, right. But um, it was a shit back then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just remember playing that stuff over and over and over and over and over again. Like for me I was I was really blessed to have a dad who was always like slightly ahead of the curve on technology, right? Yeah. So even like when it comes to music equipment, I remember going from like having ADATs, like uh, and for people that's listening don't know what ADAT is, it's it's like a tape, but it's it's digital, right? So you would record Right now, I know everybody records the Pro Tools and all this, but you would record to tape, like from like a four track or eight track, and you would record it to this little tape that was called an ADAT. It would you use an ADAT machine? It was just a recorder, basically. It was a recorder, and you would take those ADATs to the studio, and that's how you, you know, yeah, that, that's how it was. Funny that, enough, my, um, you know, my my uncle had a, a studio set up, mm-hmm. and the first time we recorded, um, I want to say Coop was there too, but the first time we recorded was on on that 
which yeah. is crazy. Like that's the first and last time I ever seen that. Like that was when it was dying out. Yeah, yeah. But it was, he still it was dying out. he still had that set up, and I never forget it because it was that was a crazy experience. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, and it was a, it was a good vibe. I, I just remember, man, like going there. My dad worked with a lot of local um, artists and making, and like we would go to shows. And you know, it was just the 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 track was on the ADAT. So you would bring your ADAT machine, press play on it, and That's crazy. they would start performing. You know what I mean? Like That's off the crazy. ADAT. Uh and, and I remember all this stuff. My dad would play on stage, you know, playing keys and controlling the ADAT all at the same time. It, it was just wild to see just thinking back on those days. And um, you know, from there I remember like mini disc. And, and yeah. mini disc was, you know, it was like a, a smaller version of the floppy. Right. And you have a, a mini disc machine. It was pretty much the same concept with the ADAT. You had you recorded into it and you had everything on this disc. And you would take that to, you know, studios and whatnot. But CDs, man, I remember when the CD burner became a thing. Sponsored for today's podcast, we're brought to you by Lander, based in Montreal, Canada. Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mitch Genius. So uh, just for being a listen to today's podcast, you're going to get a free trial. All you got to do is go to lander.com, that's L-A-N-D-R.com, slash promo, slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get two free wa- uncompressed waves of your master. So mastering is a very important process. Uh, you guys need to make sure you're doing that. And just for being a listener, you're going to get that free trial. So once again, go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, man. Yeah. CD, like, and, and that's another thing I feel like is a staple in hip-hop that it's an era that's dead, and I feel like people don't talk about it anymore, but when CD burners became a thing, of course, obviously, you have the, the obvious, you know, use for it, people making their own mixtapes or playlists or mm-hmm. whatever, but, man, the corner store DVD CD guy that was a thing heavy in the late nineties, early two thousands. I remember like every every I mean, if you from if you from the block, man, every every block had a, a CD DVD guy, you right. know? And I and, and honestly, that was kind of my first I can't I don't want to speak for Coop, but I know, you know, us coming up together, we mm-hmm. would always get the illest, like the the, the most rarest mixtapes, uh CDs, right. you know what I mean? We bought bootlegs, just keep it 100. But yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but we would, we would get the, you know, the mixtapes from 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 the West Coast and and just all kinds of crazy obscure music and that's how we got hip to a lot of music, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be 50 Cent, whether it be whoever, like that's how we was listening to music. So I feel like it's crazy how, you know, when you look back and you think about like 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 you were saying, you know, first time CD burners was coming out, how that's such a, a part of the culture. It is, and we don't even realize it, man, because you don't even see those guys anymore. That's that's a dead hustle. Man, it's crazy because that was my hustle in high school. Right, I was the <laughs> the bootleg guy. Yeah. Like it's crazy how how much music I do now. But if you go and look in my yearbook right now, just about I'll say probably eighty percent of what was signed in my yearbook was like, yo, where am I gonna get my CDs from now? Yeah. Like I was that that's who I was. So I would um and like I said, my dad was always ahead of the curve. So, you know, I remember at the time the first burner we had was a two X burner, right? And people I know this might sound foreign to you, but <laughs> a two X burner mean that you can burn a what CD was like seventy minutes. Yeah, just you can, about you yeah. can burn a seventy minutes in half the time. Like that's the two X, right? So it would take thirty five minutes to burn a full seventy minute CD. And so wow. my job was once I got off from home from school and football practice or baseball practice, whatever practice I was doing, I'll come home 
and I'll just be up all night burning CDs to like 12 o'clock. That's crazy. And so I would burn, you know, and I, I was selling the teachers. I was, <laughs> I was like really selling CDs, bro. I was making, it's crazy. Like when I look back on how much money I was making off of CDs, I don't know where any of that money went to in high, cause you know, in high school, man, you just, you getting fresh. Yeah, you I'm just, buying, I'm buying real CDs too. Yeah. You know, but I'm buying clothes. You know, it, it was just, I, I wasn't good with money back then. You of know, course, I might no, make, no, nobody was. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I might make like $250. Like in a week. That's crazy. And, you know, going out to eat, you know, it was just, it was dumb stuff. I did have a little money. I went to college with a little bread, but yeah. it wasn't nothing significant. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, mean I don't, I don't blew quite a bit of money on Taco Bell. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> man. But, you know, I say all that to say, like, that was a part of my hustle in high school. You know what I mean? Like having that, the, the number one, having access to the technology. You know, and nobody else did. And it was like that for a long time. I was literally the only person selling CDs in my high school up yeah. until my senior year. And so I did this. I was like two and a half years strong with selling CDs. And I never forget this one guy came in and he started selling. And I was selling CDs for five dollars. Mm. This one dude came in and was like, he decided he was going to sell the CDs for three. And Damn. I was just like, look, bro. <laughs> Coming in on your turf. He did. And, and like, I had to approach him. Like, real talk. <laughs> it's crazy looking back on it. Real. really like some drug deal type stuff. I, but I approached him. I was like, look, bro. I'm leaving in May. Yeah. You can have all of this. <laughs> but look, I came to him. Like, this, this is how I knew I always was like about business. I came to him. I was like, look. I'm leaving in May. I'm never coming back. Stop uncutting yourself. Because when I leave, the expectation is $3. They're going to want that $3 They're going to want it $3. You're right. missing out on the full two. So I was like, look, just chill. Bro, that's, that's some... <laughs> you, you feel me? That's crazy. And I was really trying to express to him, like, look at the big picture. Because right now, you said, you're making a little money with the three, and you think right. you come... But, like, when I leave, this is going to be your market. Right. That's crazy that you was even thinking about that back then. Yeah. Bro. I mean, and, you know... That just goes to show... It, it, that that was the thing, man. But like mixtapes, dude. Like I swear to you, I used to like throw some of the artists that I was working with songs on a mixtape, and then I'll put it with other stuff. I was creating a mixtape, and then realized that I was making a mixtape because I thought there was something only DJs could, you know, could do. And it was, it was interesting. Um, and this is another educated guess um, that you know during that time when when you know bootlegging was such an issue, um, I feel like. The record, because the record labels are always they're always reactionary. They react mm -hmm. to everything, right? And you kind of saw the advent of the pack in DVDs, mm. um, and it was it was crazy because again DVDs kind of became a thing. Those are that was the new medium at right. the time for right. video. VHS was dying out, and so record labels was you know they were mad about the bootlegging, and it was like yo. Why don't we pack in a DVD, mm -hmm. either with some concert footage or with some behind the scene footage of the you know the album being made? Right, right. And that's when you know people. Pe it was a big thing during the early two thousands. You had a pack in DVD. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then even with that, you start talking about um, the advent of that and how it affected the culture. A lot of people came up off of, of DVDs uh, on the streets, right? Because right. once DVD burners became a thing, right after CD burners. It, it was less about bootlegging DVDs, although that obviously was a thing. And it was more so about, as far as music is concerned, you had a lot of people who were coming out of that 
in a way. Like they mm-hmm. made their own brand. You know, right. the Coke Boys and the, you know, all the little underground DVDs right, that had people right. on there. People like Nicki Minaj came up off of that. People mm-hmm. like French Montana came up off of that. But that's not a thing anymore, right? You, right. Don't, you don't see it anymore. That's kind of a dead. That's also a dead hustle. But back then, that was everything, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To to really keep your ear to the streets because the internet was still a baby. You had to get the DVDs. If you wanted to see, right. you know, Dipset, if you wanted to see, you know, all of these street cats or anybody in hip-hop, really, you had to get these street DVDs. And that was that was a crazy thing um, during, during the early 2000s. So, you know, I'm just thinking back to all of this. Like, And this is kind of during my era, too. When mm-hmm. I was in high school, when I was active, I was in middle school or whatever, and, and I, I can remember vividly all of this going right. on. Right. Uh, same here, man. I, I remember all of that and the whole DVD and... Like you said, I, I I can remember when buying a deluxe CD was really a thing. Like mm-hmm. I would go and spend you know seventeen dollars to get the DVD with with the CD and, and you know see the bonus material. But the crazy part is I don't know about you, but like even when I would buy that, I felt like I only watched the DVD a couple of times and then I yeah. went back to the music. Of course, yeah. It was yeah. kind of <laughs> like man, like I I spent seventeen dollars for the bonus material yeah. and I really didn't sit with it. Unless you know, it was some crazy, you know, some crazy shit going on. It was right. like you watched it once, you was done with it. Yeah. You know, but we bought into it. You know, we was we did. into we it did. because we again, did. it wasn't like now you couldn't just go on Instagram and see Chris Brown. You know, you had to get the DVD if you wanted to really right. kind of get closer to these artists. And that was it was it was a big thing for if, if you was a fan of music back then. That was a big thing. Right. And, and so you know, of course, with technology, the the gap closed a little bit. Like it went Absolutely. from it went from like let's be truthful. Like rap used to be a dream. Like, oh, yeah. you used to think that, man, maybe if I work hard one day, I'll be able to get hurt by, you know, millions of people. Yeah. And, and even going back to when I was talking about my uncle having a studio, that was a big deal. Like, right. Nobody, right. like, he had a studio in his house. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't rich by no means, but, you know, he did his thing. He saved up. He got his studio. And, that was, and it was with older technology. All of a sudden, you started looking at things like uh, Pro Tools. Right. right. You started that kind of started the bubble. It was definitely becoming accessible to regular folk. You know, you had a moderate PC or computer. You could run yourself a little studio. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't have Pro Tools, you had, you know, you had the audio recorder. <laughs> You're throwing a beat. Instrumentals kind of started becoming a thing. Throwing a beat, throw a little freestyle on there, burn it on the CD, bring it to school, let people listen to it. They share it. All of a sudden, you kind of a low key rapper now in your neighborhood. Right. You know what I'm saying? So technology allowed that to become a thing. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like that before. You were lucky to even step foot in the door at a studio. You know what I'm saying? You had mm-hmm. to intern to work your way up to even get some free time to th- you know, to try to record a track. Or, like, you know, listening to the stories of people in the 90s and the 80s and what they had to go through just to get studio time is nuts to think it, about it. Because right. now, shit, you, you, you can do a studio on your iPhone, really. You know what I mean? You can. And um, Yeah, I read an article. Um, I forgot the guy's name. But he produced on Kendrick's album, the damn album, yeah. and he he produced a song on his iPhone. That's like, crazy. And you got a placement, a major placement on a platinum selling album, man. You made it the song, the beat on an iPhone. Yeah, let, I mean, let's be real. Fruity Loops changed lives. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it definitely changed lives, man. Like I said, the, the technology it, it closed the gap. Which, on one hand, it okay, so. Not to sound super old, I'm I'll be 33 next month, right? So I'm right there in that sweet spot of where I remember how things were, 
but I also appreciate how things are now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I'm not, you know, maybe three or four years, if I would have been born three or four years ago, I would have been stubborn right now. You right, know what right. I mean? But I, I got a chance to see kind of both worlds. But the one thing that I struggle with at times is that living through those times where music wasn't as accessible, you really had to want to do music to get into music. For sure. Now music is just a hustle. It's it's no different than selling dope, selling clothes. Any like it's just the new hustle. And so yeah. when it's a hustle and you can make money, you have people who don't necessarily care about the culture. They're just like, look, bro, I don't want to be out robbing and all this, so I'm gonna make music and I'm gonna make this music because this is what I see people that are doing and this is what they want. I'm gonna do this, get this quick flip, make a couple million. I'm going to be gone in three years anyway. Boom. You know what? I would say to that, man, um, everything you just said is true, right? Mm-hmm. Everything you just said is true. Don't disagree with it at all. But I would say, you know, that kind of thing was was always a part of music dating back to the early times because if you looked at pop music, pop music has always kind of been manufactured. You find a, a good-looking cat, a good-looking um person you put them up in the studio you get somebody to write their song you throw a little you know some effects on their voice boom you got a hit you know what i mean right. so with pop music that was kind of always a, it was always a thing you know with hip hop um and you know in some ways rock too you kind of had to have a skill you kind of had to have you know something that was pushing you along you couldn't just be coming and 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 and, and faking and, and you know be fraudulent but i think once hip hop kind of you know it crossed over into being pop music or, or being a part of popular culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of started to to follow some of those rules. You know, some of those gotcha. same rules with pop culture uh, or pop music or what have you. And I think that kind of also allowed people to come in who weren't necessarily a part of the culture, but was a part of music and was used to um, you know manufacturing acts and manufacturing sounds, and kind of started to influence some of that. You know, it, it's it's. It's kind of a thing now to to go into a studio with five or six different writers as a rapper and come out with a banging song. You know what I mean? Um, and that it it just wasn't a part of the rules back in the day. Um, so you know, times are changing, um, right? And, and and cultures are kind of clashing and and melding together, and uh, that that kind of thing happens, man. Um, not to get off top, well, not off topic, but not to get off what we was talking about. But I definitely wanted to bring up. I wanted to make sure I brought up, you know. Uh, the changes in society because whenever technology changes, you know, society has to catch up, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, I mean, right, we got right. drones now and they, they just now starting to put laws on the books for drones. There's a lot of things that's going on, you know, where, where the government kind of takes its, its time to catch up to technology. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about, man, um, you know, people people are uh, frustrated with the radio. That's obviously a thing. Right. Um, radio is kind of almost non-existent now. But the interesting thing about radio is, in 96, you know, the FCC, they kind of, they, they looked at some laws and they wanted to change some things around. And what they did was they wanted to deregulate the way that the airwaves were uh, governed. And so before it was like, you couldn't, you couldn't be a company that owned multiple, yeah, you know. Monopolizing. Uh, right. You couldn't own multiple mediums. You couldn't have a TV studio, radio studio, did it, you know what I mean? Like certain things just couldn't cross over. Right. Um, they looked at those laws and they they deregulated, man. And all of a sudden, with literally almost overnight, you had companies that was just being bought up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, pretty much right now, there's only three or four companies that own all of radio. 
that own all of TV. You know like what I'm saying? iHeart Radio. Who I don't know who owns iHeart. Um, <coughs> yeah, I don't either. But. Yeah, but I mean, but even with TV, it's like Viacom, and yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. much yeah. I and, got and, and 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 now all of those people. You know, obviously work for the same companies. They they run by the same rules. You, mm-hmm. you know, they they have their top forty list, and that's it. They hardly ever deviate from that. Right. And so back in the days, it was easier for somebody to try to come up and and be a local and get on the radio mm-hmm. or have a rapport with that radio station or rapport with their people. You know, and by was, rapport he means payola. I'm just gonna <laughs> that too. That too. That was you know that was the thing definitely. But yeah. it was different back in the days. Right, now right. it's like you can't. You go on the West Coast, you hear the same stuff you hear on the East Coast. You right. go on the, you know what I'm saying? You go to the Midwest, you hear the same stuff you hear in the South. Back in the days, man, it was regional. You go to the West and it sounded like the West. It sounded like the West. You go right. to the East, it sounded like the East. But because of what happened with the FCC in, in 1996, everything changed. Everything changed. And truth be told, man, I, I just appreciated going to different places and hearing. Like, prime example, right? Last October, me and the homie Div, man, we went to New York and um, spent some time up there. We were in Brooklyn for the most part. And two things happened, right? And that wasn't the first time I've been in New York, but that's really the first time that I had a chance to truly enjoy New York at from an artist's perspective. Mm. You know, most of the time I'm going to New York, I'm, I'm really going up there to, you know, somewhat like of a vacation or, you know... It, it was leisure. This was the first time up there on like some business as an artist type tip, right? right. So I saw two things. One, I was at a showcase um, that we performed at, and and, and I had a, the, the opportunity to DJ. And I got there, and us being from Atlanta, they was expecting Atlanta. Like now, me, I'm I'm the type of person. If anybody ever seen me DJ, I play everything. I'm not just gonna give you Atlanta, West. Coast. I'm I'm my goal is to give you depending on how much time I have to give you as much as I possibly can. So if I'm up there for 20 minutes, I'm going all over. Like I'm trying to give you everything, but I started in New York. I'm in New York. I'm going to give y'all what y'all know automatically. I'm going to start in New York. Makes sense. And I'm going to work my way down South. Right. And so the set went fine. DJ set went fine. Everything was cool. The one thing I noticed that night, it was probably about, it was way too many artists performed, but it was, I'll say, for the sake of this conversation, about 15 artists performed, right? That's a lot of artists. It's a lot of artists. <laughs> Definitely a lot of artists. But it was a different vibe. It wasn't a showcase. It was really more so like, it was some underground type, yeah. you know, type vibe. And I we had you. a feature set. So it, it was cool. I'm not trying to discredit anything. Like it, it was definitely a cool night. Real dope space in, in Bushwick. Uh, if y'all ever in Brooklyn, Bushwick, I think at Public House, y'all should check it out. But go downstairs. Downstairs is the hip hop spot. Upstairs is like a coffee shop. But the one thing that I noticed out of 15 artists, 10 of them sounded like they was from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And only two of them was from anywhere further south than D.C. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind because, you know, you hear about this all the time. Like people right. always talk about it. But this was like one of the first times I had a chance to be in, you know, the, the birthplace of hip hop. And know what a New York sound is and not hear New York from any artist that was there. And it blew my mind. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a whole a whole new generation of kids mm-hmm. are growing up, you know, that were directly influenced by the South. Right. By the, you know, directly influenced by what was really popping at the time. And, you know, I, I don't think some of the cast us a little bit older. Uh, I don't think that they were prepared for that. You know, I don't think that they were ready. Not at for all. That. 
Not at all. I mean, when you think about the South, we've pretty much been on the run. Where do you want to? I say it started in like 96, 97. Okay, so what happened? What What was out in 97? Let's see. Um, well, I moved to, this is interesting. I moved from Brooklyn, New mm-hmm. York, to Atlanta in August of 96. And as soon as I hit the city, the, I remember the first song I heard. It wasn't a song from the South. It was it was Do or Die. Okay. Um, do Pope you wanna, Pimp. Yeah, Pope yeah. Pimp. Do you want to ride uh-huh. that joint, right? And so for me, that kind of represented the change in the, in, in the sound. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, every, anything from you know, I had some cousins. They was really in the Master P. They was really in the No Limit. Then you had Pastor Troy. You know, mm-hmm. there was a, it was you know, of course, being that I was now in Atlanta, I'm starting to get introduced to stuff like Hitman Sammy Sam. Right. You know, right. all these different things that was coming out and. Um, you know, Master P just came out of nowhere and just took over. You know, he was big during the, during the late nineties. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, if, in my personal opinion, that's when it started. You know, because then you had Cash Money, who popped right. up in like '98. You know what I'm saying? Juvenile and all that. Like, it really kind of started to gain traction around that time. I, I was gonna say, I was in high school from '98 to 2002, and so definitely that was the birth of it. Like you said, No Limit. Cash money. I, I've told this story before, but it was this guy, man, in my high school, star basketball player, Larry Richard. Shout out to Larry. He was Mr. Like Cash Money. Everything was cash money. Like, I mean, no, excuse me. Everything was no limit. Okay. He was Mr. No Limit. Everything. Sorry, Larry. I, yeah. <laughs> I know you were Mr. No Limit. Everything was no limit. Everything. And I'll never forget, man, it was my freshman year. He walked in the classroom with juvenile 400 degrees. And we were like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you all no limit. You know, and he was like, man, I know I'm all no limit. But this right here, y'all got to listen to this. i never forget that day. And and so I know what Cash Money and No Limit did for the South. And then it was when I got to college. And when I got to college, O2 was like. Oh, yeah, it was a rap by then. Lil John. Yeah, it was a rap by then. I mean, it was cemented. I, and I think, I think, you know, 98, 99 is what that, that's that start. But Atlanta, oh, Atlanta yeah. took over. Yeah, for sure. O two, that that run from O two to like O yeah. seven. Yeah, definitely Atlanta came. You know, and, and it's interesting when you think about it that, in a way, yeah, it kind of started with Atlanta when you start going back to Outkast, Goody Mob, right, right, those people, right. right, and and they was at the Source Awards and they was representing for the South. Definitely, obviously, yeah, for sure, but. When it really took over, I feel like New Orleans, man, they they was the one with the first run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, yeah. Like they was the one that blew it up. And like you said, O two, you know what I mean? Or I'll say even O one, Atlanta kind of just crept in, took the torch, and they, they ran they with it. They took the torch and ran with it. And it's been honestly, man, it's been Atlanta since. I don't think right now the only thing that can compete with Atlanta is the West Coast. Definitely, definitely. I mean, Houston That's had a, had a nice little. For a second, Houston came up, and they and Houston. everybody wanted to be from from you know they wanted to be thrown and all that. Yeah, but they had uh, a run. <laughs> but you know the thing is, people still consider them the South. Yeah, and so it, I mean, which they're they're still the South. But truth be told, like Houston is. <laughs> you gonna ruffle some feathers, man? No, no, Houston is the South. <laughs> I'm I'm not taking that away. That that's definitely the South. But I'm talking about just from from a music perspective. Yeah. The South has been running stuff for a minute. And Absolutely. I it's influenced the sound for sure. I think you have to remember two things. Number one, whatever music you, you like grow up on, that's the music that kind of sticks to you. Yeah. Like so for me, Outcast Forever has a place in my heart because that's just 
That's what I grew up on. Yeah. I mean, you know, soul food and yeah. with Goody Mob, all yeah. that organized noise and influence of like, that's just what I grew up on. So that's going to always hold a special place in my heart. Right. And so you think about it, these kids right now, what well, is 2017. So in 02, you feel me? Yeah. What was popping when you, when you in, what, 02 for them, they probably was in elementary school. But you know what's interesting? I feel like Atlanta definitely had see the difference between now and then i feel like is that atlanta was really it really was just atlanta all right. the artists that was out was from atlanta right now it's yeah atlanta basically has influenced the sound mm -hmm. and all of the artists that are popular now aren't necessarily from atlanta so you got people right. you got people from houston you got people from new york you got people from chicago they all have a, a atlanta sound but everybody's not necessarily from Atlanta. You know, you right. could be from Toronto, do whoop de whoop, whatever. You know what I mean? Back then, it was actually literally it was everybody was from Atlanta. You mm -hmm. know, and so that's the only thing that I say is different. But they still running it because Atlanta's still influencing the sound. The sound, and and the thing is, I know we're in the South, so this is gonna sound very crazy and reckless, but I'm just ready for people to have their own sound again yeah for sure i'm just i'm ready to hear it so it's like when i hear kendrick's and, and that whole tde movement it's refreshing because they don't sound like anybody else when i heard yg come out with with those records i'm like okay that feels like if, the west yeah. coast you know what and, and and i and it goes back to the topic it's harder to do that today because of the way technology technology works. right because of the way that everybody everybody's connected you know so even though you might have some regional thing going on everybody going uh, eventually everybody going to find out about it everybody going to know about it you know what i mean back then it was like you you all you had was your region you was if you was from um i mean it was there was like whole communities over there in oakland over there in la over there in, you know what i'm saying in detroit i mean they have a whole history you know, in Detroit, that is 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 just as vibrant, just as you know, in depth as New York's history. You know what I mean? Um, and nobody was connected, but now everybody's connected. You know, so it's, it's a little bit different. It's gonna be harder to kind of get that. You know, not saying it's not possible. It's just it's, it's a lot more difficult. Cause if you got if you're a kid, you in your room. You know what I'm saying? You don't even really. And <laughs> this is kind of this is kind of bad, but like you don't even really gotta be on the scene no more. You, you know, don't. before you had to go to the clubs. You had to. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to really be physically present in this world to really be engulfed in the culture. Right. Now you could just go in and look up on Wikipedia and, and, and you know, get on Instagram and next thing you know, you gotta you, you know, you got a PhD in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're right though. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's different times, you know? And uh and that's how a lot of cats are living. And it's cool. Like it, it is what it is. It's evolution. You know what I'm saying? So I mean that's just how I look at it. You know, we're up to speed now. It's it's the two thousand. I don't even know what you call this. The two thousands <laughs> and tens. What what? Is, right. But we're 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 dead in the smack. You know, in the middle of it. This is the internet era. The era of the internet. The era of streaming. Uh, CDs are and we and collector's the, item. And we even and that's so crazy too. Not to cut you off, man. I mm -hmm. apologize. We skipped over. The birth of MP3s, the death of MP3s, mm -hmm. the birth of streaming, um, the iPhone in 2007, that changed the world. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many different... I mean, we can go to MP3s. I mean, I remember vividly BearShare, LimeWire, oh, Napster. Man, don't even get me started. <laughs> I remember about all of those things. I mean, and some of that stuff hit for me in high school. You know, I, yeah. I remember... Um, using <laughs> dial up to download songs all I, one song all night. You I know? remember getting on LimeWire 
mm-hmm. trying to download the new, let's say, a Joe Button song. Yeah. And I had to download it like eight times. Cause eight it, times. Because each time I downloaded it, it was DJ Clue, Clue. And it yeah. was like, nah, I'm trying to get it without the DJ. Or you'll get one <laughs> where you finally think you got it and it times out like <laughs> right yeah. at the last minute. And you only get like a minute of the track. Dude, we had a, um, we used to throw these house parties, right, when um, I was like maybe a junior or a senior in college. And we moved into a townhouse, me and my uh, two other room. Ace, one uh, produced Need That. Shout out to Ace. Shout out to Ace and my homeboy, Corey. We were all roommates. We had a townhouse um, over in the villages at Carver. Uh, if anybody know that, that's old Car- uh, Carver Homes uh, gentrified. Uh, but <laughs> um, we had a townhouse over there. And we used to throw, you know, throw little house parties or whatever. And... Um, I never forget, man, this girl, man, shout out to her, man. I, I ain't going to call her her whole government, but her name Kari. And um, this was right around the time when Soldier Boy had came out, right? Uh, cranked that. And nobody had the record. You just kind of, like, heard about it. That's crazy. And she was like, man, y'all don't know that Soldier Boy? And we was like, like, who is Soldier Boy? Like, this is what we're saying. Like, who is, we at, We in the middle of a house party. People are dancing. She was like, no, y'all got to find that Soldier Boy. So, like, I'm on the internet. Mind you, at this time, we had, like, Comcast, but you probably had, like, you know, it probably took about maybe 10 minutes to download a song. You know what I mean? Something like that. Right. So we just go, I'm trying to find it. I'm like, man, crank that soldier, but what is this crank that? I find the song, I download it. And, like, at this time, like, there was no, you know, I'm basically playing, pretty much playing stuff off of my computer, like, through an aux type situation. Right. And I pull up the song and I play it. And she show us how they do the Soldier Boy right there that night in the in the house party. That's crazy. But I, it, you know, I, I say all that to, and, and kind of go back to that moment just to show you just like how quick the world changed. Oh yeah, because, yeah, the world, and, and, yeah. It, and it happened so rapidly. Like before, it was it was stages, it was years that things had to evolve and grow. But then it was like. Boom, you had MP3s. Boom, you had iPods. Mm-hmm. Boom, you got iPhones. Boom, you got YouTube. Boom, you got Fruity Loops. You know what I'm saying? Boom, you got Pro Tools. Boom, you got... You know what I mean? It was just... It was rapid. It was just over and over and over and over. Serato became a thing. Um, it, it's just so much. You know what I mean? We before People don't even remember an age before Facebook. You know, before right. Instagram. Before Twitter. You know, when Twitter was a thing. Like, the, I remember when, when Twitter first started getting really popping, like, in 2008, 2009. And, you know, and... Obviously, now that you had mobile phones that were capable of being connected to the mm-hmm. internet, um, you were able to to actually utilize these social media um, platforms, you know, more frequently. Right. Because before, like, the thing was, you come home, you log on to MySpace. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Now it's like you're always connected. You're always connected. Always, no matter what, you're always signed uh-huh. in. You know, who pe- people literally, I promise you, if you did a poll and asked people, what is your password for Facebook? 90% of them yeah. probably couldn't even tell you couldn't without tell you. going to look it up because they're always logged in. You know always what I mean? Always logged in. I, I remember, man, I, I was big on Facebook. Back when Facebook, you had to have a college um, email in order to, to join Facebook when it was thefacebook.com, right? Right. And uh, I remember this girl named Dion, she invited us to it. And that's how I got on that in college. But Speaking of Twitter, bro, I was rebellious. I did not want to. I was so Facebook. I was like, man, I ain't get on. You know, you just rebellious because <laughs> right. it's new. It's like, man, right. I ain't getting on Twitter. Like, I was why? like that with Instagram. I was like, man, I ain't getting on yeah. no social media with, with freaking pictures. It's stupid. Yeah, you know I'm like, I mean? like, like why would I get on Twitter and, and <laughs> give you all these statuses when I can do this on Facebook, exactly. right? That's how everybody is, yeah. And i never forget Jimmy Hennessy, man. Shout out to Jimmy, Westside Jimmy. Jimmy was like, look, bro, you're a producer, right? 
you're a brand, right? Why you ain't you should be on anything that new that's new come out. You right. should be on Twitter. And I was just like, man, all right, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and join Twitter. Right. You know what I mean? And now to this day is one of the biggest platforms that I use. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Just, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Absolutely. Man. Shout out to um shout out to WordPress too. WordPress and change some oh, lives, yeah. man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's keep it real. Tumblr didn't change some lives. You know, like blogging kind of mm-hmm. became a thing too, you know, a, a during that time. And and um, you know, I I would say and 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 this is nuts when you think about it. It's 2017. The iPhone came out in 2007. Somebody fact check me if I'm wrong. 2007, 2007. is the beginning of this era that we're living in. And I know it feels like we've been here for 20 or 30 years. Mm. We've only been here for 10 years. And it's only been mature for the last five. When you really think about it, it's only been the way it is now for the last five years. Before that, everybody was kind of stumbling over themselves trying to figure this internet thing out, this mobile internet thing out. You know right. what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Like, so It happens quick. It happens so quick, man. It, it, that's, that's the beauty, the gift and the curse of technology, right? It's like, Everything progresses fast, like super fast. Super fast. I remember having I remember having a phone that didn't have color, and I would remember getting excited when I finally found a phone that had color to it. Then I remember having a sidekick when I had instant messenger on the sidekick. Right. Then I remember where didn't nobody really use AIM anymore. You know, yeah, it was, yeah. you know, so <laughs> but it happened so quick. So, Everything yeah. happened so quick. And truth be told, bro, there was a time where I had a cell phone. Mm. I had a regular flip phone. I had my sidekick that I would only text on because, you know, That's at crazy. one point, texting wasn't unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah I you remember know? That. So I had a cell phone for calls. I had a sidekick for text messaging and internet. That's nuts. And I had a camera. Yeah. I had three devices on me at all times. And now you just need one. I just need one. Just one of them. And that's crazy. I remember when... I remember when cell phones had FM radios on them. Yeah. I remember when the first <laughs> yeah. the first cell phone with an MP3 player came out. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about ringtones. Oh, when ringtones ruled the world. You know what I mean? Like that was right. a thing. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many different and I feel like, you know, you know, um I sound like like I'm old, but like kids now, you know, they're not gonna remember these things. They're not gonna remember these eras of ringtones ruling the world and and, and you know what I'm saying? Like right. downloading your favorite MP3. Like it's not even a it's not even a it, thing anymore. It's not a thing. Like, all right, how do you... Okay, so I was asking my brother, because that's that's really the best gauge that I can, you know, I'm, I'm always asking him about, like, new music and all of that. My brother's 20, 24. He'll be 24 uh, this year. And so I'm always asking him about what's new. I remember he put me on Waka Flocka. He put me on Rich Homie Quine. Like, he put me on a lot of, you know, new music. That's what's up. And, um... But I asked them, like, you know, what are y'all, what do you listen to music on right now? And he's big on, like, Spinrilla, um, some type of, I forgot what kind of app he used on his phone that he just downloads mixtapes to his phone. You know what I'm saying? And me, I'm like, bruh, if it ain't on, like, Apple Music or SoundCloud. Yeah. It's a good chance it ain't coming across my radar. Like, I mean, mean, if you got title, you know, whatever streaming service, but... If it's not on one of them, right. it's a good chance I'm not going to hear it. And I run a blog, you know what I mean? And it's just right. like, still, it's it's amazing. And it is amazing. And it's it's amazing how these things just kind of organically come about. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know, that piff is popping and next thing you know it's not. You know what I mean? And Crazy. People, and people move on, you know? Kids find their own thing. And, then, and that's the thing, too. A lot of times... 
you know, generations kind of have to find their own footing. And so mm-hmm. if you see the, the older generation, you know, we think we young and hip and we using, oh, I'm on Apple Music. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's like the, the younger kids is like, I'm not on that. You know what I mean? Right. I'm a, yeah, let me I'm go like, what? That's $20. Like, why? And a lot of times we look at what they do as either being primitive or stupid or da 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 but next thing you know, it ends up being the leader of the pack. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And that's just how technology works, man. I mean, looking forward to the future. Uh, you got VR. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a big thing now. You know, you have uh, you, just so many different things. You know, streaming services are what's popping right now. Um, but, you know, that might change in a little bit, too. So you, you never really can tell, man. Who knows where we're going to go from here? But I promise you, in the next five years, the landscape of music technology is not going to look the way it looks now at all. Period. I mean, there's already people out there trying new things. I mean, I've seen there's so many music videos now that's in completely in VR. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, live performances done in a in a in a VR setting on a 360 video. Like, you know what I mean? Some there's things that are going on right now that I couldn't even imagine. You know? So who's Dude, to say, man? VR. There are so many things that I want to speak about, but I contractually can't speak about. I got you. But man, oh man. Yeah. It's real. Man, oh man. I, I It's real. Like, just don't, I'm going to be quiet before I <laughs> get sued or something, but don't sleep on, don't be surprised what, what's going to happen in the next couple of years. I'm with you on that. And not even. Don't be surprised. Not even just VR. Um. Like I said, it's this app that I've seen some people using. It's a karaoke app. Mm. You can get on there and do karaoke for your favorite songs or whatever, whatever. But they also have like artists on there, real mm. established artists come on there and they'll do it with you or, you know, they'll do a live event or what have you. And so, you know, I'm already kind of seeing certain things that are like changing now, you know, different ways to reach your audience and different ways to, to engage um, your fans and, and things of that nature. So, you know, it's, it's always rapidly changing and evolving and, um, you know, we always gonna look at it, and, and it's gonna always look strange. And next thing you know, it'll be regular in in, in a couple of years. So, VR is definitely one of those things for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was gonna ask you, what do you feel? Hmm. I know where we're at now, right? We we've come from vinyl to, and I'm asking this question. I kind of know what's next, but. We've come from vinyl to eight tracks to um, tapes to CDs to MP3s to digital, you know, stores to, to streaming. What do you feel is next? That's a damn good question. If I had to answer, I'd probably be a millionaire right now. But because what, something what we, something has to come. Something has to come. Something has to come. I think we can we can kind of look at what's happened before you know mm-hmm. obviously uh you know media has gotten smaller and more portable and then all of a sudden it didn't even exist anymore there's no such thing as physical media i mean obviously there is but like you know it's non-existent in our world we stream now we don't even care about cds and dvds and what have you so you know i mean i think in my personal opinion if I had to to guess on the future, just you know, just looking at how we interact with with our, with our entertainers on Instagram, Twitter, um, podcasts, are now a big thing. You know, I think that it's going to be a little bit more personable. 
I think whatever comes next is going to be, we're going to be able to to really, I mean, look at Facebook Live, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. people didn't really know how to react to it. It was like, why am I using this? And now you see artists, <clears throat> Facebook Live and in the studio, Facebook Live and concerts. I think that's kind of, you know, that's going to become a thing. Somehow, I don't know what shape that's going to take, but I feel like, you know, being live and in color and just right in front of your audience and right in front of your your, your favorite entertainer is where the medium is going to go next. How that's going to take form, I have no idea. But that's, I mean, that's the only, that's the final frontier. I mean, streaming is where it's at right now. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really. You're, um, you're on, you're on it. Yeah. You're, you're spot on, in my personal opinion. And like, some things I can't talk about, but I'll say you're, you're very spot on because you have to look at it. Right now, sadly, but the music is not valued like it once was. Yeah. It's just, you know, music is the byproduct, right. honestly. It's kind of like you ask the, 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 ca- the most casual fan don't necessarily care about the music. They, they love the person. They love right. the artist, but they don't really care about the music. And the reason why you can tell they're not caring because they're streaming it and they're not necessarily. The way I view a stream it's the same way I view a like. <laughs> There's not a lot of action right. into it. Me pressing the button on your like means absolutely nothing. There was no action. Right. You know what I mean? Um, me coming out to a show, that's action. Right. Me buying a physical product, that's action. Like, hitting play on a stream, that's that's not... I, and I know people are like, no, man, you get paid for streams. I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not... A real action yeah a stream in my personal opinion is equivalent to a like it's showing people that you care right without really caring yeah but the the level of engagement may not be there and i think that's what right. you're touching on that's yeah. what i'm saying the level of engagement is not there real engagement is like no matter what happens when i come to t- when you come to town i'm there that's real engagement if you say right now i'm dropping some limited edition merch like i just seen run the jewels LP's mom made some handcrafted bags. They only made 30 of them. That's dope. Real, like, real engagement, those 30 bags are gonna probably already gone as we talk about it right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? So that's real engagement. Not liking the picture of me telling you that this is for sale. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that costs nothing. You know what I mean? And I feel like, um, you know, I, I do, th- this is just me. I'm, I'm talking crazy. I feel like the, what we're doing now is going to be dead in the next the next uh, decade, probably within the next five years, uh, whether that be the way we interact on Facebook, the way we interact on Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Because, like I said, if you really look at the timeline, man, these things are young. I mean, right. within the last five years, you know, some of these things were either birthed or matured in the last five years. And I feel like the next generation, the new generation is coming up after, you know what I'm saying? The, the kids that are nine, 10 years old right now, that's going to be 14, 15 in, in, in a few years, those right. kids are going to gravitates towards something completely different Mm -hmm. what that is i don't know but this form of 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 interaction social media it's going to die off for sure right and um you know whoever's the pioneer of the next wave man they're gonna be at the forefront you know absolutely uh, i couldn't tell you what that's gonna be but it's gonna be you i think you're on to it i think you I, i think it's it's all about engaging true engagement with the fans right like true engagement to the point of where I don't know. The business model, like you say, is gray. It, it, actually, right. it's not gray, but I can see why people think that that's, that's 
more of a gray area, but the true thing will be is engagement with your fans. And it used to be it used to be fan clubs, right? You used to have right. back in right. the day people would have fan clubs and they gather around and they did it. That used to be the thing. And I feel like now <laughs> it's funny how technology will evolve something into something else and then it'll go right back to it. Because mm-hmm. now you got things like the future hive or the bay hive. I mean, right. it's basically a fan, it's club. a fan club. That's all it is. You it's know what I'm saying? It's a fan club. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, Nicki Minaj could tweet out to all her fans at the same time and everybody's in uniform. They, they, they understand what mm-hmm. we're doing. This is what it is, you know? And, um, and that's why I just feel like, you know, seeing that level of engagement come back um, and change kind of is why I'm thinking it got to be it got to go further than that. It has to. It's, it's, um, speaking to that point that you just made, I, I just find it so um, it's like mind blowing to know <clears throat> at one point in time you couldn't see the artist. Yeah, right. There was no way to see the artist unless you went to the concert. That was about it. Exactly. Now the artists are dying literally dying for you to see them <laughs> right. you feel me like the artist is like oh man no i'm not i'm not i'm not in front of the camera enough like yo let me get on twitter let me go facebook live like they gotta see me they gotta see me and it used to be a point where it was like artists was like no i'm just gonna make my music if you want to see me come out to a show now on one hand i love the allure of that because it made it made superstars yeah and I'm, i've noticed people kind of going back to that a little bit you yeah. know i, I listen your, to your, your top tier does it all the time, like yeah, Kendrick definitely. and J Cole. Ken, yo, man, yeah. Kendrick and Cole on the on the forefront of that. But um, you know, I, I heard an interview with a new artist um that I never really heard of before. It was a guy named Playboy Cardi, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was it was a Hot ninety seven interview. But he was talking about that how he doesn't really use social media like that. You know, he just he'll you know tweet out a show or whatever, and that's about it. And um, you know, it's interesting because I you know personally I've I've gotten off of Facebook myself. And um, and this is all anecdotal, of course, but it's not evidence of anything. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm noticing that some people are kind of getting hip to that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of pulling away from from the craziness that is social media. And uh, you know, like you said, top tier artists Kendrick and Cole, those are the main people who are running the show right now. Mm-hmm. They're not on social media like that. And even if you look at somebody like Drake, who's way more mainstream, he's hardly ever on social media. Right. I right. mean, he you know he'll tweet and spurts or he'll do it, but for the most part. Yeah, not really, right? You know, not, Kanye, in a, not in a tangible way. Kanye, Jay Z, all of—I mean, all of the top tier—that they don't play that game, right? I exactly. mean, they play that game, but they don't play it like everybody else. Like they're not on it all day long. But right. it's a big deal now when Kendrick posts. Exactly. Now it's you're a very like, big deal. hold on, what is it? What's for? <laughs> what, you know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where you even question: Is that really him? You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. Are you really on here tweeting like that? Like, right. You know, you know it, it's. It's a different game, man. Um, so I guess to, to really wrap up this conversation, it, it's kind of we talked about where we can go next, but in, in in the in the middle of going to where we're going gonna go next, the real question is, what do we do now? It's a great question, man. What do we do now as artists, as creatives, as um, consumers? Like, what do we do now? Because we're we're in a very unique space. We're in a space where Everybody can create product. Like literally anybody can create product. Very true, man. And anybody can choose how they want to consume it. So it's a very unique space that we're in right now. Like Yeah, choices at the forefront. Right, right. You know what I mean? And and you know, the the market is flooded and choices at the forefront. So it's it's harder to stand out, you know? Um, but then at the same time, it's 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 the easiest mm. I feel like ever to to reach people. You know what I'm saying? 
even though it is hard to stand out. So it's an interesting situation the, that we got. The way I view it, um, to really piggyback on what you said, because I, I feel that way wholeheartedly. Um, but now I feel like you really have to go back and do the things that we did back in the day. Right. So like the grassroots, the the passing out flyers, the pulling up on people and having a, a conversation, like the selling out of the trunk, stuff like that that we didn't do for a long period of time because we feel like we have the internet and we don't have to do it. We got to get back exactly. to doing that. And you know what? The the, the smart people um, or the, the people that's, that's, that's thinking outside of the box, they're already kind of going back to some of that. And because it's so... You know, because it's so obscure these days, it's gonna feel fresh and it's gonna feel new. So, right. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not saying that this is gonna be the big wave, but if people if people kind of you know go back to some of them old ways of promoting themselves or getting the music out there, they might find that they own to something. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Cool, man. Well, look, I enjoyed this conversation. This was a good one. It was a good one. We talked for over an hour, man. So, um, Word. tell the people how can they connect with you if they uh if they want to have this this dialogue online. Um, or if you know they looking for for features or uh, whatever, man. What's the best way for the people to connect? With you? <clears throat> Everything for me is at Abib Jalil. So it's A B I B J A H L E E L. That's it. Um, you know, I, I'm not on Facebook right now, but you definitely can catch me on Twitter. You definitely can get me on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's it. For sure, man. Well, you can follow me on all things social media at Last Name Good. Um, that's the personal handle. Make sure you follow the the podcast. Uh, keep up with the conversation at Straight Out the Den, P O D. That's Pod, short for podcast. Uh, and also, please subscribe on iTunes, rate and review the podcast. I know you guys are listening on SoundCloud. That's cool, but we're trying to get our numbers up on iTunes. So go over there. Um, and if you don't have an iPhone, that's cool. Listen on Google Play. That's cool. We 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 cool with that, you know. But if you do listen to iTunes on your iPhone. Go and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And wherever you listen, rate and review the podcast. That's what we need you to do. Um, so we can keep this dialogue going and, and keep having these interesting conversations. So as always, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. I'm Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. He's Abib Jalil. We out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's good, people? This the homie, DJ Five Me Up. And y'all just entered the Five Me Up 5. Y'all finna get blazed with some of the dopest five artists that I found this week, man. It's pretty much caught my attention throughout the week. So I hope y'all enjoy them just as much as I enjoy them. All right, I'm gone. Hey, DJ, Five Me Up. I'm in the kitchen, bitch, watching me. Just put my hands in my brain, no bread. Chop it up, watch me flip. Y'all nigga, 16 dubs. No slush, just my fuck your bitch If I catch your hoe slipping in my new fit Just based on lean on my brand new kids Can't give a fuck, it's a nigga lit Yellow chain icy, man, fuck your bitch Do that my great body with a zip Make this new bitch and her pussy humble Got in your nigga feeling like a pimp Munching on a lot of steak and shrimp Never flex, these my type of meals Fuck with me, I keep it chill All I do is splash Fuck a bill, line the snow bunny, stay off the pills. Line on the tennis, stay down the chill. I fuck with my sisters, they know the deal. If I ass fat, I paint the skin pill. That's how I feel. Beat the pussy, go for the kill. Tired, ugly hoes trying to chill. Clientele, nothing else. Whoa. My iPhone booming, my iPhone booming. Not no trap phone, iPhone booming, iPhone booming. Not no trap phone, my iPhone booming. Phone, my iPhone booming, my iPhone booming, yeah. Open that message, I 
I left for red. Don't hit my line trying to get a gram. Don't fuck with you and you not the fam. Got a flaws, gotta get it now. Taxing these niggas, Louisiana. This shit is fun, damn, I get it now. Got the trap booming like Tensor Town. Street poor, Ratchet City bound. Just trying to make it to H Town. The trap where it started, I don't need a mile. Money in these beds never running now. Money count, I'm money round. Yo. Well, provide a dad, I'ma cash out Blast off on your bitch Fucking your bitches, you pass out Last forever in the max out No many bitches to keep count Blue hunters, but they make me smile Oh, yeah Blue hunters, but they make me smile Can't name a hundred that'll make me motherfucking frown Nigga be steezing for quite a while Hey, hey DJ, fire me up Back to back, back to back, back to back, uh, uh, back to back, back to back, ain't no Dre shit, put this back to back, play this shit again, put this back to back, duffel bad boy, get it back to back, back to back, back to back, ain't no Dre shit, put this back to back, Play this shit again, put this back to back Duffel bad boy, get it back to back Back to back, got the same shoes with the hat to match Nigga talking, I'ma let him, he ain't coming back from that These bitches, they some frauds, get the fuck back Or rat attack, rat the cat, hit it two times Now she want it back, keep it 400 Let me know what it really is All about money, time is money, bitch, I got to get Flying over nigga, told his ass, boy, your shit is rare I do it back to back, all these bitches asking who I'm in what the name, hey boy, what I stand by All that hatin' shit, I just left, I'ma let it slide Hundred sports cruising when it's down, I'ma let it ride Back to back, giving flavor, all my shit is getting greater Never deal with less, cause my money talks Big paper, skyscraper, going down the elevator I'm a proper child, fuck women, screaming fuck the haters Me and man March in this bitch, we some gladiators Yeah, yeah, back to back, back to back Ain't no Dre shit, but this back to back. Play, play this shit again, put this back to back. Duffel bad boy, get it back to back. Back to back, back to back. Ain't no Dre shit, but this back to back. Play this shit again, put this back to back. Duffel bad boy, get it back to back. Bitch, I'm on a blunt with a couple of two red cups. I'm on from magazine, got stacks in my jeans. I wear skinny jeans, yeah, misery designer, and I put them on the team. Oh, we your gang, oh, we your gang. No, I'm not Drake, but I do my own thing. Get it in the South, represent Tampa Bay. And we on the way, like the next 2K. A13, put them on the mouth straight. Juggin' and finesse, and I'ma call my nigga Trump. Stay chasing cheese, now they wanna put me in the lap. Every time I hit the lap, make a nigga wanna doubt. I'm a dope dealer. Not a known killer Wearing bait cause I be gon' gorilla Ice on my neck, favorite color, that's vanilla All about my skrilla, bitch, I'm all about my skrilla Redesigner, baby, they say I'm that nigga I'm always stay down for my niggas Getting money every day, that's my dilemma Been in this for a while, long as I remember Back to back, back to back Ain't no Dre shit, but this back to back Play this shit again, put this back to back Duffel bad boy, get it back to back Back to back, back to back Ain't no Dre 
this shit and put this back to back. Play this shit again, put this back to back. Duffel bad boy, get it back to back. Sitting in the Chevy getting hazy Get the spot rocking for the show, gotta pay me Need a big block, motor case, a nigga raise me Serve him up the fix, two-way scar face him Running through these niggas, Orlando pace him Scratch all that patience, my spot, I'm gonna take it I bust up these wishes, no Portland, I'm blazing I- Roll one, roll one Smoke one, smoke one Light it up, pull it in choke Light it up, pull it in choke Roll one, roll one Smoke one Light it up, pull it in choke. Light it up, pull it in choke. Smoke one, roll one. Smoke one, smoke one. Light it up, pull it in choke. Light it up, pull it in choke. Roll one, yeah. Smoke one, here's K A B. Light it up, pull it in choke. Blow off my favorite toe. Light it up, pull it in tow. Repeat the procedure to a whole zone. Vegas and switches, I maxed out on cones. Even let Reggie get his Reggie on. But I'm blowing strong. This that gon' cough. One slip of the shit till your lungs out. This make you don't want no more. Can't handle your smoke. And pass it, who next in the row? Goddamn, feel the high in control. I can't help that my eyes looking closed. Blowed off the cush, can't lie, I'm in my zone. Bitch, better not kill my vibe on my zone. Extend those, we rollin' ball bats Burnin' big logs, what we call that No green, no guard, boy, you all bad Blow like an old soul, nigga, all gas Put that trash out, you ain't smokin' with me Unless you a bad bitch, supportin' my habits Ain't no way your ass will be smokin' for free Fire it up, I ain't holdin' it up Nigga, blunt at the blunt, I done rolled up a tree Everyone stuck, I done rolled up a pee Swear to God, nigga, I ain't rolled up a seed What, motherfucker? Roll one yeah. Smoke one, smoke one. Light it up, pull it in choke. Light it up, pull it in choke. Roll one, roll one. Smoke one, smoke one. 
pullin' it choke. Lady the pullin' it choke. Roll one, roll one, smoke one, smoke one. Lady the pullin' it choke. Throw off my favorite toe. You in the mix with DJ Fire Me Up. Hey, keep one roll, fool. Sophisticated savage Bringing to life everything that I have imagined Tire squilling, running my chalet through the walls of this labyrinth Dropping ice cubes inside my absence Crazy cool, my mind been absent for at least about a month or two Perhaps four, impossible to know without the light shining on your bro Impossible to grow my neck in, wrist glistening But my whole body got the glow showing up Sometimes I feel I am the baddest here Born from the underground, I'm shooting to the stratosphere Footprint range from Meridian, not the Graffinville Travel mode in LeBron, passport looking cavalier it's time I reel myself back in. Twelve got my trees in traffic, they caught me lagging. Three days was plenty, fuck that trapped in the box. I'm trying to put racks up in stock. A crying in my watch, boy. Legging foundation for this empire. Keep them crumbs, my brother, I need that entire. They say you getting kinda nice, chill dog, I been fire. Back to these emails, it's time to make these checks arrive. I gotta up my focus I'm trying to get the keys to this Lotus Soon as they legalize, I burn a J with POTUS Paradigm shifting this shit, I'm serving notice I gotta up my focus I'm trying to get the keys to this Lotus Soon as they legalize, I burn a J with POTUS Paradigm shifting this shit, I'm serving notice Locked on my target like a sniper Mind spinning faster than wheels, turn on the Viper Trying to move these physical copies, same as the cyber Pull a lighter from my bikers, set the tree on fire Smell elevation of station, I'll let my fragrance Attract an ire from haters under surveillance of these brows I just searching for payments, my moves evasive Leave them shot like they dapping the rating Now without losing cadence I gotta up my focus I'm trying to get the keys to this Lotus Soon as they legalize, I burn a J with this Paradigm shifting this shit, I'm serving notice I gotta up my focus I'm trying to get the keys to this Lotus Soon as they legalize, I burn a J with this Paradigm shifting this shit, I'm serving notice Some shit that you might never know, some shit that you might never see. I 
call her, she not with the T's. Whoa, I'm Tommy B. I come here, be crazy with energy. They looking for baddies like melodies. They all sounding good, I'm a penetrate. I fuck up the beat like I'm Jeffrey. I fuck up the beat like I'm Jeffrey. She suck me cause I'm lucky lefty. My curveball, I fuck up your bestie. She got that spread of me now. I got that spread of me now. I see a baddie, she wild. I said she probably go down. I bet she waiting for me. Like a whole damn life. I know she dreamed of me. I know she seen the beast. I know she want me for life. She cute, I might make her my wife. I know the haters will grow. But this shit done, I never know. But this shit done, I never know. We on some 300 year gold. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. I fuck at the beat like I'm Jeffrey. I fuck at the beat like I'm Jeffrey. I kick at the baddies like Messi. I float on that drink like a jet ski. I stay in the clouds like a Jetson. I'm making my neck like I'm out. I put up some time, been in the city of New York, and I'm cutting man forward. I roll around with thickies, they let me get lucky, feel like a Celtic. See them, they mountain. Whoa, whoa, wait. I got that spread on me now. I got that spread on me now. This shit got me up in the tropics. Don't you come at me with nonsense. Wait, hold up. Straight Out the Damn Podcast is powered by the Indie Creative Network.